Ready? Yep. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Going to see the king. That's what we're going to go do. Anybody else going to join us? Going to go see the king? We're heading to see the king. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. I was gone last week. I heard Gary did a great job. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's awesome. And uh, the week before that, I was uh, started into a series uh, talking about stress-free living, praise God. How many could do a little, little, use a little bit more stress-free living, amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God. How many know you're supposed to walk free from stress, amen? Yeah. Amen. So let's, uh, we'll just go to uh, kind of the opening text, uh, read through it real quick, and then kind of kick her in real quick into what we got for you tonight. Uh, chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, please. 2 Timothy 3, and we'll go to verse 1. Praise the Lord. It says, but know this. Look at your neighbor. Say, you got to know something here. It says, know this, that in the last days. How many know we're in those days? It said, perilous times will come. Now, of course, this word uh, means difficult, uh, fierce. Uh, means literally means the reducing of strength. Uh, but it means times of stress. And how many know, yeah, if you really stop and think about it, when stress is on you, it does. It reduces strength. It's like it zaps you of your strength. You know, so that's what this word here means. So it, these perilous times, these stressful days, uh, times of stress will come. And it says here, and it really, uh, as we found out a couple of weeks back, that this just kind of really defines how it all happens. He says, for men will be lovers of themselves. Uh, and, of course, later on it says, rather than a lover of God. And so the more, the more you're in the middle, so to speak, the more the opportunity for stress to be there. Am I right? It's just the facts. And so what we did is we took the time last week, and uh, we won't do it this week, but we took the time last week and went through about whatever, I don't know how many there is, like 15, 16, 17 words here. And uh, we talked about uh, uh, these things about uh, that really that produce stress due to self-striving or self-serving. Okay, so things like lovers of money, for instance, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, uh, just talks, you know, of course, they're dealing with uh, being uh, uh, un you know, being not honorable kind of a deal. Okay, uh, let's see what else. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, uh, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and having a form of godliness. Now, I don't want to be caught being one of those just having a form of godliness, right? Amen. And no, so if you're just getting caught up in just a, a form or a formula, that word also means, or the appearance of, it says here uh, that uh, you're then, it talks about, but they're denying the power. Okay, now, I'd rather be drawn on the power than denying the power. Yeah. Come on now, right? Okay, now, of course, we talked all that that week. But uh, every one of these things, we found out, you know, as we took them and defined it and looked at all these words, we found out how they become, uh, you know, these Basically, ways of self-serving or self-striving. Okay, and that's why it's mentioned here in this text, uh, because somehow or another, man ends up being in the center instead of God being in the center. Come on, you know that to be true. Uh, I mean, that's all you have to do is get out there a little bit in the world, and boy, it's always inevitable. It just kind of tries to suck you right into the middle. You know, it's all about you, you know. And uh, how many know it isn't all about you? Now, how many know God has your back? Amen. So as far as God's concerned, amen, you're in the middle. Come on, somebody. Because, you know, it's, it's all about you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, right? Come on, right? Why? Because He's in love with you. Amen. 
But when you put God in the middle of you, guess what? Amen. Praise God. God seems to have a way of taking care of things. Amen. And one of those things that happens is you live a stress-free life. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so we talked uh, about all this, really kind of really dissected this whole text out then. Today we're going to go to Hebrews 4. Let's go to Hebrews 4 and talk about uh, uh, entering into the rest of God. Amen. Because uh, this is how it works. I mean, if you're going to walk free from stress, and you're going to have to learn how to enter into the rest of God. Amen. And, I, and by the way, it's not referring to you go grab your pillow. Although that might, that, you know, for some that might be a good idea. But uh, the bottom line is, is there's, a, there's, a, you know, there's a rest that is available for the believer. All right, so verse, uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 9, uh, we'll read some of this here. It says, uh, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God, uh, for he who has entered his rest, everybody say his rest, his rest, has himself also ceased from his works or his labor, or his toil. So he's talking about stress-free living here. Uh, as God did from His. All right, so look at your name and say, stress-free living. Stress-free. Hallelujah. So the word rest, okay, uh, means reposing down or to relax. It means to reside poised, okay? So somebody that's entering into the rest of God, they, they reside poised, okay? It means ease of mind, okay? You're not all worked up, okay? Ease of mind. It even uses in the, in the uh, uh, definition stillness, okay? And it's referring to uh, this word, uh, like you would see it maybe like in Psalms 46.10 where it talks about, uh, you know, uh, about being still and knowing that He's God. Amen? And that's the fact. You know, when you're not all caught up in everything, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to just let God be God. Amen? Right. Yep. Amen. And, of course, this uh, word uh, really refers to a stress-free life. Okay? So enter into God's rest or a life that's stress-free. Praise God. Amen? Uh, so back to, let's go back here to uh, verse 11. Now it says, uh, therefore, or let us therefore be diligent. Everybody say diligent. diligent. You know, it says, it says in the verse before, you know, you know stop, stop working so hard. And then the next verse it says, be diligent. Okay, and that word diligent just means to extend energy. Amen. But it says here, you extend energy to enter the rest. You know, you fight, you know, if you can really say that you fight to, to rest and not fight to win. If you fight to enter into the rest, you win. But when you're fighting to win all the time or fighting to get ahead all the time, then what happens is now you're, you've opened up the door. It's a wide open door now for the enemy to slide in, and now we got stress. Okay, you get overwhelmed with things because you're too busy either, either self-serving or self-striving. All right? And so now you've opened up the door for stress, okay? And so, and a lot of mess comes with that. You know, I think I even made mention last week, you know, uh, you know medically they say 90% of the diseases somehow or another are stress-related. Isn't that wild? I thought, I thought, ah, 90%? 90%. And they say 50% of all uh, doctor's office visits are due to stress. 50% of all, all office visits. So, I don't need no more stress. We got enough out there. And just to be honest, you know, there's enough out there in the world trying to bring stress on you. Amen. The last thing you need to do is be just opening the door for it. Come on, right? 
So that's why I felt this is a good series to talk about. Amen. And so entering into His rest. Let's go back to verse 11 again. Praise the Lord. All right, verse 11. Uh, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Okay, the rest that's available for the children of God, right? They're people of God. Lest anyone fall or fail or fall down according to the same example of disobedience. Now, what he does in context, he's talking about the children of Israel and how they ended up in the mess that they ended up with out there in the wilderness. Okay, so he's kind of really bringing up a, you know, showing us some reasons why they ended up in the mess they did. They never entered into that rest. He brought them out there into the wilderness really to, to show them that in the, even in the most uh, awful conditions, I can provide for you. And he did. Water out of a rock? I mean, food coming down from, you know, who knows where, right? I mean, you know, manna, you know, means what is it? That's what, really what it means. Manna means what is it? So this substance falls from heaven, and they're out there looking at it, and that's, that's all they could say is what is it? I don't know what is I don't know what is it, right? Well, it's manna, praise God. And God just showing you, I can, I can rain food out of the sky if I have to. Come on, I can bring a quail by the, by the hundreds of thousands into the camp uh, every day to make sure you got, you know, some fresh meat uh, every day. Amen. Water pouring out of a rock, whatever you need. Amen. The point being is that God can meet your needs even in the most uh, awful conditions. Amen. Now, his thought was to, to not have them out there for 40 years. Amen. His thought was, you come under the mountain, I want to, you know, you're going to come unto me, we're going to worship, amen, and I'm going to show you who I am. And then it was an 11-day walk from the Mount of God, Mount Horeb, to where they would look over into the promised land. Deuteronomy tells us it was an 11-day walk that turned into 40 years. I think somewhere we took a wrong detour. Come on, right? So this text is talking about some of the detours, and one of them was uh, uh, disobedience, and part of it was the fact that God was trying to show them, you know, rest in me, trust in me, stop panicking all the time, stop falling into fear all the time, amen. In fact, uh, like one brother says, you know, he got them out of Egypt, just couldn't get Egypt out of them, you know, and so that first generation ended up, uh, you know, living in that wilderness for 40 years and actually died in that wilderness. And the next generation was the ones that went in to take the promised land. All right, now a lot said there, uh, but this is what he's talking about. Don't fall under that same uh, example of disobedience. And he goes on to say then, for the Word of God, ever say the Word? The Word of God is living and powerful. Now you think, you know, uh, you know you, it's like you think he, he paused for station identification or something here. But it, it's all fits, it all fits, Okay. So the Word, amen, is there for a reason. It's living, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are naked, or in other words, or uh, exposed, amen, and open to the eyes of Him of whom we must give account. All right, now we're going to, next week we're going to dive into that whole area right there, okay, and dissect that thing. Uh, but let's move on for what we have today, all right? Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us, uh, let us hold fast our confession. In other words, let's, let's start saying what we believe, amen, instead of something else, amen. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses or inabilities, amen, all right, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. 
Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Look at your neighbor and say, praise ye the Lord. All right, now there is a, there's a rest for everybody. In fact, uh, as it says there in verse 11 again, uh, let's, you know, let's not, uh, let's not uh, uh, fall according to the same example. In other words, let's not miss out on the rest that's available. Let's back up to verse 1 real quick. I'll throw this in just to kind of get it in the mix here. Uh, verse 1 says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest. So there is a rest. It's part of the promises. Part of the promises, all right? He says, let us, uh, 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 let's read it again. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us uh, fear or revere, respect. That's what it refers to. Lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Now look at your neighbor and say, you can come short of it. Okay, now that's to you and me. Now, obviously, the children of Israel came short of it. So the point I, I want to make here is that this is why it's important to talk about entering into the rest of God because there could be a chance that we're not entering into it. And if we're not entering into the rest that God's made available for us, then chances are we're probably going to live more of a stress-filled life instead of a stress-free life. Does that make sense? Amen. So uh, there's several things you can pull out of this text that we read here, uh, but the one that I want to talk about today, uh, let's go back to verse, uh, uh, back to verse 16, if we will. Back to verse 16. Amen. <sighs> Hallelujah. Everybody say, enter the rest. Amen. He says, let us therefore come boldly. Everybody say, come boldly. Come boldly. With confidence, reliance. Amen. Come with some, amen, some, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, you're doing this with some, um, with some confidence. Amen. You don't have to slide in there. God's, God's not you know, mad at you. God's not holding back on you. Come on, somebody. God wants you to come with some confidence. Come in there with some boldness. Amen. To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, everybody say, uh, come boldly. Uh, let's, maybe we should talk about that for a minute. Um, so God is calling you unto Himself, just like He did the children of Israel. He was calling them, he was calling them unto Himself. In fact, the Scriptures are clear. Uh, he let it be known, I am calling them unto my... Even when he went to Pharaoh to tell him, uh, God is calling his people unto himself. Amen. Come. Amen. And what God was trying to do, just like he's still trying to do to you and me, is show you he's your source. Amen. And uh, so the problem is that when you start leaning on your own strength, your own abilities, your own power, uh, that's when we mess this thing up. Are you still with me? All right, put, uh, we'll come back to verse 16. Let's maybe jump over to uh, Matthew. I think I gave you a reference on Matthew. Uh, Matthew 11, please, verse 28. I uh, just want to see, show you kind of similar here with something Jesus was saying. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All right, now again, this word rest is, uh, you know, meaning... Uh, uh, well, the, the word is, um, let's see if I can find it here, reposing down. In other words, relax, okay? Uh, but this word uh, rest here adds a little thing to it. It has a little bit different spin on it, and it means to uh, repose and to refresh. So in other words, he said, if you will come unto me, okay, you can relax, and I can replenish you. 
Okay, now he sent all you who labor and are heavy laden. Okay, all right. Uh, so, uh, have you ever felt like you're heavy laden? Okay, you're laboring, you're working hard, uh, you know, and, and heavy laden. He says, listen, if that's you, he says, you need to come unto me. Why? Because uh, I'll give you rest. All right. So this word, let's see here. Labor means, again, uh, to toil, to be wearied or fatigued. Uh, the word heavy laden uh, literally means uh, overloaded, uh, burdened, and overloaded. Okay. Now, put verse 29. Let's just read it here. Now, that's all that we're, we're moving into something here because he says God is, is constantly calling you unto himself. If you're going to live a stress-free life, you're going to have to understand you gotta, you, you, the only, there's only one way, <laughs> okay? And that's coming unto Him, okay? And this whole text there in, in Hebrews 4 is dealing with that. He's, he was trying to do that to the children of Israel. He was trying to get them to lean on Him, and they wouldn't do it. And so now he's, he's talking to you and me as believers, even under a new covenant, God says, listen, He says, come unto me. Spend some time with me. Let me help you with this, all right? So he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, the word yoke, of course, meaning to be uh, coupled alongside. You would think like a yoke of oxen or a yoke of, uh, of horses or whatever. Uh, you know, they're, they're yoked together. And the idea is that they share the load. Come on. Right? And they're both together. Right? And God says, I want to, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. All right? So my point is this, to say this. Now, God isn't asking you to not do anything. Because sometimes, you know, you get talking about this, I think, yes, right, I don't need to do nothing. I don't want to work. I want to have none of this. I don't want to that. That's not what he's saying. There's things still to do. Come on now. Still work to be done. Still things have to happen. Come on, we're, amen, going into all the world. Come on now, trying to, amen, get the word out, praise God, doing things. Ministries going on, ministry happening here. There's things we're doing individually, things we're doing corporately. There's things that need to be done. But he's saying, listen, if you want it to work right, you're going to have to yoke up with me. Okay, that's what he's trying to get. So yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. In other words, stress-free living. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now you still, you still notice there's still, there's still something that needs to be done. Now I just put a, a few, I know, did I give you like Ephesians 2? Let's maybe fly through those real quick, all right? Uh, Ephesians 2.10, uh, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good, work. Good works, right? Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right, so there's, there's God still calls us to do something. So let's, give me another one. What, I think I gave you about three references there. Uh, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works, a corresponding action, is dead also. In other words, your faith really don't even work uh, unless you got some kind of corresponding action in there. Come on, right? So there's still things to do. This doesn't mean that this message on rest doesn't mean go grab your pillow, sit on the couch, eat bonbons and sip Perrier, and, and life just slides on by. Are you still with me? I'm not saying you can't sit on your couch and eat a bonbon and sip Perrier, whatever, but... And, and with a pillow. But I'm just saying that he's not saying that you, this, this walk of faith is a do-nothing. Are you with me? Okay, give me another. I think I gave you one out of Hebrews, right? Hebrews 10 or something. There it is. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and what else? 
good works, right? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is uh, the manner of some, but exhorting one another uh, so, uh, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, it ought to get more, not less. So in other words, we come together, amen, this here dealing with coming together as a body, amen, we do this, what, uh, put verse 24 up there again, praise God. And the idea is, amen, we consider, it's all about, it's not about ourselves, amen, we're here, we're considering one another, and we stir up love, and we stir up good works. In other words, the point being is this message of rest is not saying that we do Nothing. It just says that if you're going to do it, let's do it right. Amen. Let's make it work so you can get to the end of the day without being stressed out and overloaded. Come on, somebody. And the way you do that is coming unto Him. Yoke yourself to Him, praise God, and you can get the job done right. Can I hear a big amen? amen. You know, longevity is pretty key, too. Now, everybody like, you know, come, Lord Jesus, come. But, uh, you know, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, going to heaven's got to be a whole lot better than anything down here in Oregon. Come on, somebody. Come on now. I mean, there's some good days, I'm sure, but I'm sure even at our best, it, it probably wouldn't even compare to what you see in heaven. Come on. And uh, we all, you know, praise ye the Lord. Can't wait to, you know, the, you know one day we get to dance on streets of gold and have us a blast. And, uh, but God, uh, you know, is very clear that you still have something to do here yet. Amen. And so uh, the word is very clear, too, about longevity. Amen. And so when you start talking about stress, stress will cut longevity to shreds. Are you with me? So he says, no, you need to be entering into my rest, amen, and not be stressing out about everything. And there's a way that works, amen. So let's go back then to Hebrews uh, 4, verse 16. All right, Hebrews 4 and verse 16. All right, God's good, amen? All right, let me get to it back with my Bible here. Hebrews 4 and 16, uh, praise ye the Lord. Uh, it says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. So obviously grace has got to be a part of this that we may obtain mercy, in other words, lay hold, take hold of mercy, but it says then, find grace, everybody say, find grace, find and find grace to help uh, in time of need. Uh, now, this word in time of need means, uh, means something that's well-timed or timely. It means uh, something opportune, like an opportune moment, uh, means a convenient thing. It means on time for the need. So if you will find grace to help, I like that, in time of need, or uh, as it says here, uh, on time for the need. Come on now. Amen. Because sometimes that's what happens. Come on, we're, we, we don't get it on time because we don't really take the time to go uh, unto the Lord, to come unto Him. And the word means to draw. The word come unto Him or to come boldly means to draw near, to come near. And what happens when you draw near unto Him? He draws near unto you. Why? Because there, that, there's that empowerment. Come on. There's, amen, there's right there. You, you're decided now. You've come unto Him, and now you're yoking unto Him, right? Yeah. To be empowered to do whatever it is. But see, what happens is, uh, for whatever reasons, um, we, uh, we might not come unto God. So what happens then, we find that we're not obtaining the mercy and finding the grace to help on time for the need.
Now, there's several reasons why people won't come unto the Lord. Uh, one of them is intimidation uh, due to uh, they're afraid or fearful. Um, uh, one is, uh, uh, there's, in, there's uh, let's see, I think I wrote down a few. Let's see if I, I hope I did. Praise ye the Lord. One's intimidation. One's impatience. You might want to write these down. Intimidation. Impatience. In other words, you know, I ain't got time. Listen, you can't afford not to do this. Take the time to do this. Because you don't realize how much you actually, how much, you're, how much time you're losing by being stressed out all the time or being overwhelmed. Okay? Another one's immorality. We don't go into the God because, you know, I got things I don't want to give up and don't want to let go of. And if I go to God, he might, have to talk, he might talk to me about this stuff. That's true. There's some people, that's just facts, right? And uh, now I'm not taking away your, your salvation. See, he's, he's telling us to come unto him. So that one of these ways, a part of this in this text, it's more than just this, but today this is what we're going to focus on. Uh, but this is part of how you enter into this rest or this stress-free living is coming unto Him, connecting with Him, amen, obtaining that mercy and finding the grace. Because you need the grace. Now, real quick, uh, uh, mercy, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, covering from this moment past, amen, so whatever happened, uh, yester moment, yester year, yesterday, whatever, amen, mercy is there to cover that. But grace is the empowerment to take you from this moment, amen, in other words, in time of need or on time for the need. You need the empowerment. The word no, uh, grace, many times, you know, we talk about grace. Uh, to me, it's just, it's, it's so key. It's like a top five revelation you need. I mean, it's, it's like a hub revelation, if I could say it, you know. You know, you got a hub and then you got these spokes going off the hub and all this stuff's important, but grace is like real important, okay, because it's the empowerment. So the word grace, charis, which means a, a gift or a favor or, uh, you know, a, a, um, a oh, best, I just, well, it means a, a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in your life. Okay, I'll just get to the main part there. So it's a, it's a divine influence. So anytime you move into God, God's moving toward you, you're yoking up, and what's happening is a divine influence is beginning to come upon you. See, without spending some time in this, you're probably not finding it. Listen, there are people that have giftings that never see them come into fruition. There are people that have callings that never come to pass. And they know it's a God-given calling. We have people that have leadings from God, and they are truly a leading from God that never manifests. Because along with the gifting, along with the calling, along with the leading, there needs to be a grace to walk it out. Are you with me? Because if you're just going to go try to get it all done yourself, you're going to find out it's going to be pretty hard to get her done and to finish. Are you still with me? And a lot of times we got people get mad at God because, you know, why this and why that? God says, listen, if you come spend some time with me, I'd walk you through this thing. But you're too busy. You're too impatient. Huh? 
you're too afraid that I'm going to touch on your thing. Come on. And see, it's in there that there's, that there's that mercy that just takes care of all that mess and a grace and empowerment to move you toward the whatever it is you got to get done. Amen. And so if we're going to enter into the rest of God that's available and not end up following after the same example of disobedience that the children of Israel did, listen, it's, that's New Covenant right there. That book of Hebrews is New Covenant. And he's, he's telling us that we could be just as guilty of the same thing that the children of Israel were guilty of. And the whole time it's readily available. I mean, he makes it clear. It's a promise. You can have it if you want it. But here's how it happens. Or here's one of the ways. This is how uh, this can happen. Is you move into God, yoke up with him, let him empower you. Again, a divine influence. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the word influence means to empower, to impact another. Okay, somehow you're affecting the life of another. You're here today or watching or listening by internet uh, and you've allowed me uh, a moment in your life, amen, I'm here ministering to you and by me ministering unto you gives me the opportunity to influence you, right? Now, if you didn't come tonight or you weren't going to listen or you ain't going to watch it, then what happens is, there might be a chance that I, I might not have the opportunity to influence you. Okay? I'm just, it's just a, okay, right? So, you know, there, you know, God, a divine influence means that if you want to be influenced, you're going to have to connect with Mr. Divine. So if we don't spend any time communing with God, we don't fellowship with God, and, and personally, it needs to be on a daily basis, because I guess you have, you probably, uh, you know, you, you're probably going to need some help today, amen, and it'd be nice to have the empowerment you need, the grace you need, amen, so it's on-time help, right? So just waiting for a Wednesday night or just waiting for a Sunday morning, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of time in between then that you're probably needing some help and you're not drawing on it, you're too busy now, see, because here's what happens. Because we're, we get familiar with our own strength, our own abilities, our own, come on, whatever. And instead of leaning on him to walk you through something, now you're trying to do it. And we, 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 right, we, all of us, come on. And what happened? We open up the door to what? Stress. Now we're stressing out. With me? All right. So grace has got to be. Uh, something that we connect with. All right. So let's, uh, let's take a look at a little bit of this. Um, praise God. Um, go with me to, uh, let's see, let's go to Romans 5. Put that on the board. Now, um, uh, I didn't necessarily give her all these verses, but um, uh, I was thinking about, you know, one, the Scriptures a lot of times, if you kind of go through, the Scriptures can define things for you, you know. And... Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, defines uh, grace or compares grace, His grace, with His strength. Acts 4 compares His grace with His power. Acts 11 compares His grace with His hand. And I just thought I'd throw that out there because uh, just for whatever it's worth, if you're lacking strength, you're lacking power, or you're lacking His hand in something, chances are we're lacking grace. Just, it's just something you can just kind of police it. 
all right? And so anytime that we're without strength, without power, or without His hand, okay, then probably, probably what the deal is is we just haven't spent enough time drawing on grace. No condemnation, it's just the facts, okay? And so, and anybody can have this, all right? So here we go. Verse 17 of Romans 5 says this, For if anyone, or pardon me, for if by the one man's offense, of course, in context, that's dealing with the first Adam, okay? So if by uh, the one man's offense, death reigned through the one. In other words, what, what, you know, the whole text here deals with the fact that what Adam did affected all mankind, all right? Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. In the same uh, text here, he's dealing with the comparison of the first Adam and uh, the second Adam, or Jesus, come on, and how the first Adam affected all mankind, and what Jesus did now has come in there and now is also have, has affected all mankind. And what they're trying to bring out is that what Jesus did was far greater than anything Adam did. All right? So that's the in text, that's what's being said here. But he says that you're going to have to, all of us are going to have to, what? Receive the abundance of grace. Ever say abundance? abundance. I thought I'd look that word up. Guess what it means? Abundance. A whole bunch. <laughs> and he says that we, have, we can receive that. I mean, he's not holding it back. God isn't holding any grace back. Uh, you know, it's like I use the illustration, and I've used it many times, and most of you in here probably heard me say it. Uh, but, you know, uh, grace is a free gift, by the way. It's free. Anybody can have it. But all he's asking is come to the house and get it. That's it. That's the, only, that's the only thing he's asking. Would you just come to the house, hang out with me, and you can have all the grace you need. So he's not holding nothing back. He just says, but, but, but come get it, okay? And I always use the illustration if I, you know, bought you a new truck or bought you a new Cadillac or some kind of thing, and I said, hey, I got a gift for you. Here's the key. You know, he got some keys for you here. And, uh, but, you know, all I'm asking is just come out to the house, pick it up. I uh, can't, you know, I ain't going to be able to bring it to town. But if you come out to the house, you can have it. Uh, now, you know, I, I would hope that most of you would say, uh, yeah, where do you live? <laughs> right? I mean, right? I mean, so, but, you know, so uh, j- let me ask you something. Whether I drove that to town and handed it to you personally or whether you came out to the house and pick it up, does it make it any less free? still a free gift. Grace is totally free, and there's an abundance to have. But all he's saying is, come hang with me. Come, because this is where it's at. You come hang with me, you yoke up with me, now all of a sudden all these tasks, all these little jobs, these things that he's leading you to do, uh, the gift, the calling, all the stuff, uh, parenting, uh, you know, schools, all the things that, that, that God's leading you to do, all those things, God says, all of that's wonderful, but I, wanna, I want you to yoke up with me, I want to empower you, amen, so you can walk this thing out and do it without stress, without anxiety, amen, where you can actually be, uh, have that, that, Enter into that stillness, praise God, and knowing that He's God, amen, and get the job done. Amen. amen. So again, a divine influence upon the heart, in other words, the core, the center, literally uh, means the, uh, you know, the, the will of man, best, best way to probably uh, sum it up, the will of man is your, whatever comes out of the heart of man is how, what man walks out and, and does, okay? So uh, everything comes out of the heart, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
That's Scripture. Somebody says, oh, well, they got a good heart. Well, if they, you know. I'm sure they have the potential to have a, a good heart. Come on, somebody. But sometimes all you're seeing is what's in their heart. So more time with God. Now he divinely, divinely influences the heart, the core, the center. Amen. Amen. The seat of control. Amen. And with that, then it says, then it's reflected in your life. So God says, now you're out here trying to live things and walk things, and you're not, you're not, you're not being divinely influenced. Instead, now everything that's coming out is what you got in there to come out. And so you're trying to walk this and be this and, and, and to uh, go here and, and try to uh, fulfill this and fulfill that, and all of it's coming out of you because what's, what's in there, all right? And if so if there's no divine influence being put in there, then it's coming out of you. And so what happens then is now the open door for anxiety and stress, all the, the stuff that comes with that, the emotional upheaval, the fears, the panics, the, the, the anger, the, all the different things. We can go on and on, overwhelmed. Now you're, uh, you know, it just, it just, it just, it's like it's a snowball effect that just starts opening the door for everything. And all of it was, we could have eliminated it just by spending a little bit more time to be empowered, drawn on that grace, finding that grace, hallelujah, in time of need, praise God, or on time for the need, praise God, so that now I'm not stressed about it, overwhelmed about it, and on and on. So there's an abundance of grace. He says you got to receive that. Receive that abundance of grace. And I love this because, you know, we talk about righteousness. That's another one of them key revelations. And of the gift of righteous, again, a free gift, the word righteousness sums up as this, uh, to be in right standing with, okay, the word righteous, righteousness, justified, justification, all that same word, same Greek word, uh, but it means that, uh, you know, Jesus paid a price, and the bottom line is saying this, because of what Jesus did, amen, you can, anytime you want, come unto God and receive that abundance of grace. In fact, as you read on down further, it tells you that grace reigns through righteousness. In other words, it's you being in right standing with God that has opened up the door and allowed you at any given time to come unto God regardless of the past, regardless of the mistake, regardless of the faults, regardless of the inabilities, regardless of who you are, where you've been, what's gone on. God says, listen, I made a way so you can at any time. So there is, should be nothing stopping us from drawing on what he has available at the throne of grace. That's why he says, come boldly. Isn't that good? Very good. I mean, just made a way. So there's an abundance of grace, amen, and a gift of righteousness. And it says if you grab hold of this and receive it, it says you're going to reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. A lot of translations uh, say uh, reign as kings or reign as royalty in life. And the reason being is because this word uh, uh, reign means to rule in dominion. It means to obtain royal power or to exercise kingly influence and control. Amen. It literally means the basis or the foundation of power. So that when you receive, amen, that abundance of grace and of the gift of rights, it says that you're literally going to have the foundation of power in which to live this life. Everything you need is right there. 
And you're going to find that in Christ, right? Why? Because you've yoked yourself up to him. Okay? You've connected with him now. So now everything he's called you to do, you can do. Everything he's gifted you to do can walk out. Everything he's leading you to do can happen. Amen. He's not holding out on anything. He just says, come hook up with me and I'll walk you through it. So it doesn't, it doesn't overwhelm you. Amen. All right? So it means the basis or foundation of power. It means the strength to govern, the confidence to win. Speaks of things like stability or literally to hold sway. In other words, no matter what's going on, you can hold sway. You can have stability. Why? Because you're receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. And as a result, praise God, you are reigning in life. Amen. I think that's good news. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good news. Praise God. Hallelujah. So uh, what that means then is that's part of this uh, entering into his rest. All right. So I like that. Praise God. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of folks might miss out on that if they're not spending any time with him. So, you know, they, they're, they're born again. Uh, they, they, you know, they've got fire insurance. They're not going to hell. Praise the Lord. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, God wants to do more than just, you know, someday take you to heaven. God wants you to conquer and reign while you're on this planet. Praise God. Amen. So if you're going to go on out of here, you might as well go out, of, go out a winner. Come on, somebody. You might as well go on, you know, with knowing that you accomplished what you were supposed to accomplish. Amen. You didn't quit. You didn't give up. You didn't throw in the towel. Praise the Lord. Uh, you decided, praise God, to go the distance. Praise God. Well, this is how it works. Now, again, it's just always calling is for you to draw unto Him. All He's asking you is, is come confidently unto Him. That's it. That's it. To walk with Him. Amen. To connect with Him. All the patriarchs of faith that, that we, we admire and look up to, uh, they, they all had this in common. They walked with God. They connected with God. Amen. Uh, you know, they fellowshiped with God. Amen. And, and, and the word walk means to literally, literally means small talk. Now, you could do that with God. You do that with your friends. I mean, you're like, well, maybe not. I mean, right? I mean, we're talking about, you know, that's, that's what you do with, with people you're close with, your spouse, your friends, whatever. You just talk and you fellowship. You talk about just things and, and you just, you know, commune back and forth and, and you don't think nothing of it. But then, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, you know communing with God, walking with God, and we, we freeze up. And we think if we don't, you know, we don't talk, you know, not, maybe not this group, but, but there's a, a group out there that thinks the only way you can talk to God is with these and thous and, and with Elizabethan English, and, and that's not the case. Come on, right? right. Now, if you want to talk with God in Elizabethan English, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, I, I'd like to ask, you know, is that how you talk to your friends at work? <laughs> Durst thou knoweth that ieth, needeth thatth. <laughs> is that how you talk to your friends? No. Well, then you don't need to talk to God that way either. I'm just saying, so there is none of this that's complicated. Somebody said, well, how do I know I'm saying it right or doing it right? It starts with just communing. It just starts with fellowship. I mean, there are parts and, and pieces about, uh, you know, when it comes time to your prayer time and comes time to, you know, to moving into the deeper things of God, you'll learn those things. Those things will come. Amen. 
but it starts with just being, just drawing unto God and, and opening the door for Him, amen, to move to- closer to you, praise God. But you notice, you're the one that makes the initial move. If you don't want to talk with God, He ain't going to force Himself on you. I'll try this side over here. If you don't want to talk with God, He ain't going to force Himself on you. Haven't you figured that out now? He don't force Himself on you. No, he didn't, you know, slap you in the bed. Get up now. I told you you're supposed to be in here praying with me. Somebody said, I wish He would. No, you don't. God ain't make, didn't make a bunch of robots. Come on, somebody. Amen. This needs to be something coming from you and from your heart. Praise God. Amen. And so uh, God don't ever force himself on you. Now, the enemy pressures and tries to force. And, you know, that's kind of how he operates. But God don't operate that way. And so God just, you know, he's waiting for you. You, you look to him, move toward him. He, he's right there, man. He wants to fellowship with you. All right. He never said, no, uh, uh, I'll get back with you tomorrow. <laughs> God never does that. Amen. God will commune with anybody that will move toward him. And so he says, if you would just move toward me and receive, amen, that abundance of grace and that gift of right, you're going to reign in life, praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, it sounds like good news, praise God. Let's look at another verse, amen. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 20, please. Acts chapter 20, amen. Now, again, we're dealing with entering into the rest of God, and part of that is receiving that grace, amen, that empowerment. That divine influence. Uh, verse 32 of Acts 20 says this, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. I love that. The message, the good news of His grace, which is what? Which is able to build you up. I love this. Which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. One translation says your rightful inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Okay, so... The word of His grace, so, amen, so this is, amen, this is why we want to walk in grace, because it's there to build you up, all right? It's there to give you your rightful inheritance, amen. That's what it's there for, praise God. Now, one translation, I, I should have gave you that back there, but it's the message translation, and I only have a piece of it here, but it says uh, it's there, uh, it can make you into what He wants you to be and to give you everything you need. Uh, in time, whenever you need it. Amen. So that, that's what it's about. So grace, amen, here in this text is showing us, amen, that that message, amen, what grace is about is there to build you up and it's there to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Amen. In other words, amen, empower you to get done what you got to get done. Okay. So there's, there's, things out there that you're called to and God's moving you towards. So he says, if you're drawn on grace and you have grace in time of need or on time for the need, amen, you're built up, praise God. It's there to build you up, to empower you, to strengthen you, and why? And give you, amen, what's coming to you, praise God. What he's promised, your your rightful inheritance, praise God. Amen. I thought that was a good verse, right? All right, praise the Lord. Uh, I wanted also to put, uh, I put, uh, uh, I, I grabbed a, a verse out of the Old Covenant here I thought was pretty good, and uh, I wanted to uh, bring that out tonight. Zechariah, okay, chapter 4. Now, a lot of us uh, know verse 6, um, but a lot of us don't know verse 7 here. Uh, but verse 6, okay, remember this? Uh, and he answered and said to, uh, to me, uh, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, Zerubbabel 
um, is, um, is really the governor of Judah okay, at this time. And the governor of Judah uh, has been instructed by God to finish rebuilding the temple, get the job done. So this really, this Zechariah is kind of dealing with this. So Zerubbabel, king, uh, you know, the governor, Zerubbabel, is instructed by God, I want, the, I want the temple done. You started it, let's get it done, all right? Well, it seemed like a, an astronomical task, okay? It's a big job, okay? And he says, not by your might, come on, how many remember this? Not by your power, right? But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, all right? So verse 7, who are you, O great mountain? Oh, what's he talking about? What mountain? He's talking about the task. Because that's the problem. Because every time Zerubbabel, he mean, in his heart, he knows I need to get this job done. We need to get, get going on it. But he's overwhelmed because all, all mount, all the word mountain, just like, you know, Mark 11 or something, you know, you know, say unto this mountain, you know, your mountain, you say unto that thing, be thou removed, be thou cast and see, right? And it'll be removed, right? It'll, 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 it'll be gone, praise God. But the mountain is that which overwhelms you or overpowers you or appears to overpower you. It's probably a better way of saying it. Amen. So he's saying, uh, you know, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. In other words, you, you're going to be dropped down. You ain't going to overpower him. He's going to be able to get this job done. And he shall bring forth the capstone, okay, the keys cornerstones dealing with, with shouts of grace, grace unto it. And the bottom line, what it means is to make in declarations, amen, or confessions, amen, that it's the grace of God. Amen, that we'll get this thing done. In this case, literally, it's talking about a confession of grace, grace. Believe it or not, most things, uh, that's why I thought I'd bring this out, because there's a lot of times when I'm either moving along in things, and I try to do this, uh, you know, no matter every time I take a pulpit or whatever, uh, that's one of the things that comes out in my mouth. Grace, 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 amen. It ain't, ain't by my power. Can't, if it does, we're in trouble. I'm going to do something stupid. I'm going to say something stupid. I'm going to whatever. Come on. Grace, grace. Come on, right? So it's, it's, it, what it does is it always brings me back to the fact that it's all based on Him. Amen? If it's in my own strength, then we're in trouble. If it's in your strength, you're in trouble. All right? So He's just letting it be known. He's trying to tell Zerubbabel, listen, grace. That's how it works. You lean on me, trust in me, and this thing that appears to be a mountain will become a plain before you, and you'll get the job done. Praise God. Amen. amen. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right, so let's, let's go, uh, let's see here. Go to uh, uh, Hebrews 12. Go to Hebrews 12. And, uh, in fact, let's do this. Um, let's go to back to Hebrews 4 first, Mike, and put that... Hebrews 4, 16 again. Let's read that and then move into these other verses here. All right. Are you still with me today? Yes. Everybody say, enter into the rest. Enter into the rest. All right. See, it doesn't, doesn't mean that there ain't things to be done. You know, I was, I was thinking about um, this. Um, in uh, the book of Luke, um, remember uh, Mary and Martha? You know, remember Martha, Martha? 
know, and uh, um, uh, he's, uh, you know, what happens is Jesus comes over to the house, and so it's Mary and Martha and, and a whole group of people. They're all, you know, best way to say it, they're in the living room, and Jesus is ministering unto them, talking, and, uh, you know, Martha gets caught up uh, with, uh, with, you know, making sure the dinner's right and the table's set and all the different things she was doing. Uh, now, uh, you know, she's probably starts off in there in the meeting, but she's a little bit taken back by everything that's going on. So she gets out in the kitchen. She's trying to this and trying to that, trying to get everything all fixed up. And then the scripture says that she interrupted Jesus. And said, Jesus, tell my sister to get in here and help me. He's ministering. And Jesus, you know, Martha, Martha, you're overwhelmed and stressed out. Amen. A lot of things right now. She's saying, no, it's just one thing. I just need her to come in and help me. Take. He, he lets it be known. No, it ain't just one thing. You're overwhelmed. You, and then what he said, you're stressed out. And now you want everybody, you want to pull everybody else into your stress. And she thinks, no, I just want my sister to come help me. No, that's, that's just a piece of it. Because he interrupts him. And so he says, Mary chose the good part. He says, the one thing that you need, Mary chose it. And that ain't going to be, you know, she's not going to lose that. Well, what's the one thing? Now, it doesn't say in there, in, in that text, but it's the thing, it's sitting at his feet, drawing from him. So what is it? It's grace. You're right now, you're just showing me exactly how much we really need grace right now. You're too busy being overwhelmed in there instead of be sitting in. He told her, he should, you need to be in here doing what Mary's doing right now. We'll get to the table later. We'll get the dishes set later. We'll, get, we'll make sure, don't you worry about that. I can do a lot with a little bit of food, right? I, you know, come on, don't worry about whether the turkey's done or not and all that. We'll deal with that later. Don't worry about, you know, whether there's enough muffins on the table or not. Come on, somebody. Don't be all caught up in that. Just right now what you need is that good part that Mary chose. Sit right here and get the one thing that's necessary, amen, draw on grace. Are you with me? I got another one for you, okay? The rich young ruler. I think it's also in Luke, and I want to say like a Luke 18 or something like that. And uh, he goes up, comes up to the Jesus and says, you know, uh, you know, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus kind of went through some things. He said, well, I've done all that since my youth, which tells us that he obviously is a, you know, lives right, lives good. Come on, somebody, everything. And Jesus said, well, there's one thing you lack. Ever say one thing? Wouldn't that be nice if the Lord talked to you and he says, that's all he told you? Just one thing, man. <laughs> but see, a lot of people miss it. One thing. He says, go sell all that you got, give it to the poor. And so everybody thinks that's what he's talking about. That's the one thing. And then he says, and come, follow me. See, he actually missed out on the biggest financial deal of his, of his life. He was already a wealthy man. Scripture is clear about it. 
But the problem was his wealth was his source. And so he was saying, you come unto me and get the one thing you're lacking, and you'll probably be a pretty good businessman from here on out. I mean, for all we know, he could have been the one to take, you know, Judas' place. I mean, well, he didn't tell everybody to come follow him. Come on, right? And the point is, is why? Well, because, you know, you need empowered. You're doing everything in your power, your strength. And that's, well, you stop me thinking, well, how does he know? Well, why is he there asking him? What else do I need to do to, I obviously, I need something else. I need something. I'm just not sure what it is. And so he's, you know, he realizes, you know, I, I, I need what you got. I want that in my life. He said, well, get rid of all the stuff right now you're leaning on and come follow me. And we'll get that taken care of. Amen. Scriptures are pretty clear. You know, you give unto the poor. The word says the Lord will pay you back all of it. So it was just something right that he was drawn. That was his, that was, he put all of his, uh, you know, all of his, uh, you know, it, it, that was his source. And that's, that was, and then Jesus goes on and explains. He says, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to, you know, because they can go buy this and they can go do that. And so it's, it's easy to lean on your own resources and not lean on God. And the whole thing he's dealing with, I believe with all my heart, that he's dealing with grace. You, want, you need to come and yoke up with me and I'll walk you through this thing and not make, this thing don't have to be so overwhelming. Amen. You still with me? Yes. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Look at your neighbor and say, that'd be a good thing for you to do. Come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain that mercy and find that grace to help in time of need. Now, I want to uh, close it with a few just quick verses here. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, put that one up on the board, verse 15. I'm kind of coming in the middle of a statement, but just to kind of make a statement. It says, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. But you notice what happens here. This, this is how all this stuff begins to happen. Think about how many things we could miss, how much... Strife, contention, dissension, issues that go on that we could miss out on if we would just draw on grace. Stuff would just fly by, you wouldn't even give it, some stuff you wouldn't even give it a thought. But when you're not being empowered, there's no divine influence going upon you, then, there's not, then all it is reflecting in your life is what's ever in you. Chances are all that issues and problems and distractions, it just overwhelms you. I mean, come on, stop and think about it for a minute. How many times we got overwhelmed with something that, quite frankly, wasn't even our business? Okay, maybe I'm the only one that's ever had that issue. I don't know, but it wasn't even our business. And it's like, it has nothing to do with us. And we're all caught up in it. <laughs> right? God says, listen, you, 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 you're falling short. Did we say falling short? Falling short of the grace of God. Okay, the word to fall short of means to, you're, you're lacking it or you're deficient of it. Now, the reason I, I, I think it's worthy of, of taking some time with this kind of stuff is because what happens is a lot of times we think just because I'm saved and I, I know God and I, I love God that I'm walking in grace. We're not taking that away. You probably are saved. 
and you probably know God, and you probably love God. But if you don't spend any time with God, then everything starts overwhelming you because you got just you reflecting. And so we get over, overrun and over, you know, all burdened down and taken back by everything. But when you're spending time with God, think about all the things that God, and I'm kind of getting into a little bit maybe next week, but uh, you know, just think about all the things that God could speak into you to just kind of say, you know what, let that go. You might say, you know, this thing's going to happen today, but don't, don't give heed to it. Just let it know it's, it's going to take care of itself. You mean I don't have to go deal with it? No, you don't, just leave it alone. Praise the Lord. I can't, even, I can't even tell you how many times I was very grateful God told me about it on some things. Just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's give me another one here. Let's see what I got next here. Let's see. Um, the one in the book of Acts. Okay, this is Acts 13. Paul and Barnabas here. It says, Now when the congregation had, uh, had broken up, uh, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, look, look at this, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Now, he's not going to tell you to continue in something if it wasn't necessary to continue in it. All right? Uh, now, now, here's another reason why it's good to talk about this, because if we just think that it's just something God's just going to dump on you, whenever, then, then He wouldn't be telling you to continue in it. He wouldn't be telling you that you're going to come short of it, because if you came short on it and it was up to God, now it's on God, it's God that did you wrong, because I was, came up short of grace and God didn't give me any. And that's not how it works. Give me another one here, and I'll show you another one here. All right. So uh, what do we got next here? Galatians 2. Uh, I did not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. I do not set aside the grace of God. What does that mean? Well, uh, it means to frustrate, to nullify, nullify, or to make void. Do you know you can literally nullify or make void the grace of God? You can, it, it can happen. Now, in context, he's dealing with the difference between the law and grace. Okay? And the best way to sum up the law, the law is about walking something out in your power. It's a fact. And when it breaks it down, that's what it comes. You, you've, you've, brought, you've come under the law because now it's all about you trying to perform, you trying to be, doing it all right, making sure I say it all right. Make, and it's all about you doing it in your strength and in your power. And now you've done is you've cut yourself short of grace, amen, which is all about His power, His strength, and His hand. Still with me? Give me another. I think I have another one in grace here. Or in Galatians, I mean. Galatians 5, verse 4. Here we go. Uh, you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. And it says you have fallen from grace. You can even fall from grace. Okay, so uh, this word means to be driven off course of grace. So you've been, you can literally be driven off course, amen, because you're too busy out trying to justify ourselves. All, we do this. We have a tendency to do everything our strength. Well, I did this, and I did that, and I did this, and I did that. Whoa, whoa, stop, 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 stop. What did you do? 
well, I'm doing this, and I've done that, and I've done this, and I've done that. How come God? It's, it's, it's all what you've done now. You're, you pulled yourself, not even unknowing, but you pulled yourself in, amen, and it's about your what you've done, how you're doing it. And so now it's, it's all about your, see, it becomes that self-serving or self, uh, you know, striving. And so what you've done now is you've opened up the door for, uh, for, for stress, anxiety, and everything that comes with it. And so that's what he's talking about. You're here trying to justify yourself by law. Well, you know, I go to the church all the time, and I, and I give, and I, and I do. Well, all that's good because the Bible says you should go to church. The Bible says you should give. The Bible says you should serve. But when it, now it's all based on what you've done, you're trying to justify yourself by the law. And as a result of it now, you literally have been driven off course of grace. And the whole time, God had an empowerment. So you don't feel like it's all about what I've done or not done. Well, I don't, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't hang out with those that do or whatever, or whatever the saying goes. I don't know anymore. It's been so many years, I don't even know what it's Amen. I don't do all that. Well, good for you. That's great. That's good. But is it all about what, you know, in your own power and your own strength that you've done that? And if that's the case, then what, what's happened is you, you've, you've now been driven off course of grace. There's an empowerment there to keep you from all that and keep you clear of this and keep you moving straight and doing the right thing. Come on now. And if you, if you spend some time with God, you'd be amazed at how you're not striving. You know, I remember when I got uh, delivered from tobacco and, and uh, you know, I use this as an illustration, and I was just, you know, I mean, I'm saved. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty bold in my faith. I'm sharing my faith with everybody, and, but I still, you know, I still dip snuff, you know. And, uh, you know, and so I'm, uh, you know, load up and by this time I'm loading top lip because I've killed all the gums on the lower lip and 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 so um you know I've loaded up and and uh at that moment the spirit of God says what are you doing I'm serious I mean I remember I can I can probably take you to the place uh, I was working in the mill at the time and I was leaning over a trash can because I just loaded up and I'm just kind of kind of cleaning all the loose stuff up and spitting it in the trash can and getting ready to get on with what I was got to do and and the spirit of God just says what are you doing now, I, I learned by that time already when God asks a question, it's not because he don't know. <laughs> when God's asking the question, he's like, uh, hey, do you know what you're doing? And, it was like, and I knew in my heart what he was talking about. And, and, he, and it just came out that, you know, you're telling all these people I can set them all free, and yet you can't even, you can't even you know, stop doing that. And I, and I was like, you're right. It's like I saw it. And what was it? Right there, that moment, it was like the grace of God was there to do it. He wasn't putting the hammer down. You stop this, and you stop that, and you stop this. It was, it was, just, it was just clear as a bell. He just says, you know, you know, take a look at this. And at that moment, I did. I, I, I remember pulling that out, spit it all out, and that was the last time I had tobacco in my mouth. And, I, and, I, and, I, and it was delivered. And I chewed for years. And it was just, and it was because that empowerment was there, because I'm, I'm talking with him, communing with him, and he just asked a simple question. 
What are you doing? And there was enough grace in that to deliver a kid who'd been chewing for 10 years or more. I'm just saying, you know. And, and, it, and in those kind of moments, that's when you reign in life. That's when you, you come into your build up and walking in your full inheritance and, and all this stuff ain't hanging you up. And if you stop and you think about it, all that does anyway is open up the door for condemnation and guilt and shame and all that mess. And it just ain't fun. And so the point is, amen, it's that time with God. It's, it's spending the time and, and, and walking with God. Let Him empower you. Amen. Let the, that gift, amen, that free gift, amen, that divine influence, amen, come upon the core, the center, amen. Let him, let him feed into you and let it be reflected in your life. And this Christian life would be a lot of fun. Amen. It's a lot more fun when you're not stressing over it. Come on, somebody. When you're not pulling yourself under the law, it's a lot, a lot more fun. Uh, did, you, did you get something tonight? Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Let me pray over you. Hallelujah. <coughs> praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. Thank you for your word. And uh, Lord, I thank you. Everybody had ears to hear tonight and a heart to receive. And, and Father, just thank you for that grace. Thank you for that empowerment. Thank you, Lord God, for that, that gift, that free gift. And Father, we're, we, we choose to, to receive the abundance of that, of that grace. Amen. And we just give you praise and glory for it. Praise the Lord. Father, forgive us for the times that we kind of were doing all this in our own strength and, and stuff. And praise the Lord. We know that you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And, and we just receive that. But Lord, we thank you. From here on, praise God. We choose, amen, to go in your strength, to go in your power. Praise God. To go in your grace. And so we receive that. We thank you for that. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you, praising God.